Keeps you updated on just what's happening in Barbie news. <laughs> I am hosting today, um, which feels very strange. Um, but coming up on the show, of course, we have Barbie Watch. Uh, we also have Christian Bale and Natalie Portman dishing secrets about Ooh. Thor: Love and Thunder. Some of us at the table may have seen the movie already. Most Ooh. of us have not. Miss Marvel episode four predictions are happening today. And we have some really kind of crazy, bonkers Kenobi news about, like, potentially future movies or episodes or seasons. We don't know. There's a lot to talk about. I'm so happy to be joined by one of our great researchers here at New Rockstars, Anna Vanson. Hi. I can't stop. Where's my camera? I need my camera. Oh, it's just me. It's good. There we go. I can't stop staring at John's thighs. They look like Ken's. Oh, no. So good. <laughs> oh, is there a shot? Is there a thigh so shot? You got a little edge of thigh. Baby. You got a little I've got, oh, a hoodie. Nice. I've got a hoodie, but also short shorts. Let's hear it for the thighs. Real LA of you. And of course, also with me in LA is Koi Jandro. Very excited to be here. I'm excited for all the Barbie news that's fit to print. And that Ken look is inspiring some bad choices up here that I might have to adopt. <laughs> that's he right. looks so good. Baby Goose has never looked better. Ooh, please. Ooh. We're all a little too thirsty today. <laughs> <laughs> I love the horny energy we're bringing to this channel right now. The place beyond the pines was Barbie's house all along. That's a great, great really, point. But he looks just like it. It's just like he got cleaned up, out, got out of prison, and joined the Barbie madness. I would love, yeah. I would love a Barbie movie where Ken is just a freaking monster. <laughs> I maintain that robbing right. banks and crashing his motorcycle. I love that, but I maintain so that Drive is just a sequel to Lars and the Real Girl. So I'd like there to be one big Ryan Gosling the, the shared Gosling universe. continuity. Because like he's all quiet and stoic, and it's like I lost my girl, and now I drive. I love that we can't stop. Have Nelson as a prequel to Drive and Lars and the Real Girl. <laughs> yes. Wait. Okay. Oh. Which Ryan? Which Ryan? Which MCU future character that we haven't seen yet? Which Who's like the broody sort of like Ryan Gosling? Uh, the type obvious of, answer of is Mr. Scott Summers. Oh, that would be very funny. If they go the age where he's a teacher, <laughs> I'd get some Ryan Gosling. If they yeah. go younger, I'd go Glenn Powell. If they go adjacent, oh, I'd GP. go maybe like a Justin Hartley. You've got. But, we were talking before the show. Coy just put out a video yesterday on the Real Rejects channel about Doctor Doom and his future in the MCU. Uh, if you liked our Doctor Doom video yesterday, go check out his. He. We were talking before the show about all of your Doom casting ideas. So, I won't spoil them here unless you want to go. Did you them. did you say, like read Wizard growing up? Like Wizard magazine? I didn't. I so Wiz I Wizard magazine was like a, like a TV guide for comic books. So mm -hmm. they had like a price guide in the back. They had all the big news. And so there was always like a fan casting and there was also like the big 10 writers and artists. So all those writers and artists became like celebrities to me. Cause you'd see their little faces of like wow. Brian K. Vaughn and Jim Lee. So to this yeah. day when I see them at a con, I'm like, oh my God, it's both. And like yeah. everyone else is chill. And I'm like, I can handle Tom Cruise, That's but not Jim Lee. That's the best part of a con. Right. You can just show up and see other people that you love and everyone is like, who's that? Like all the, the yeah, all the last names in person, you're like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. But like the fan casting was what always inspired me because I was a movie guy and a comic guy. So I, once I started fan casting like through these networks and shows we do. So my, my big four for Doctor Doom to tease the video, you should check out the rest because I talk about how to bring in Doctor Doom, what storylines, where I think he'll come in, how he'd shape the MCU. But the, the casting I thought, the best one I think is Michael Shannon. I think mm. Michael Shannon would be an incredible, ominous, foreboding, his voice coming out of that helmet. Uh, I really, really think that the incredible Viggo Mortensen, I know he's on the older side, but like, he just gets to voice. He just gets to have that power. Uh, I really love Goran Viznik. Look his name up. He's awesome. He's got that like European charm and flavor going about him. And then uh, I think my last one would be, I forget what my last one was. I told you and I should The guy from a night's Rufus tale. Sewell. Go. <laughs> he's got the eyes. He's got the intensity. He's got the charm. He's got the arrogance. He's got the nest. He's got the height. He's, I, Rufus Sewell is my fourth. Ooh, you would think that with three people instead of four, we could stay more on track and like really <laughs> keep it tight. Ryan we gotta we gotta wrangle it in. Also, we have our uh, our uh, what do you call it? The swear jar, the reverse swear Thank jar, you. where uh, we'll give you a, we'll give you a few swears. Yeah, 
because if uh, if we get to every every hundred, you know, every hundred mark. A couple, and and on every hundred <laughs> mark, I will commit to putting on an additional layer on my upper body and hiking my shorts. Yes! Oh my god. Uh, I want that's short the real shorts. Incentive. That's the actual reason to go for that. <laughs> Let's get them to Ken. <laughs> I want Ken's short shorts by the end of this. Please, please do this for me. You earn both. You get not only swearing, but also potentially PG-13 plus nudity. But first, okay, okay, okay. We're gonna get down to business. We have headlines today. Yeah! Just hit it. I'm in charge, because I'm the big papa. I get to read the headlines. So first up, we have the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness reached 2.1 million U.S. households on Disney Plus in its first five days, which breaks the viewership record. How do you feel about We think that's going to... It's really interesting to me, right? That breaks a Disney Plus viewership record, which I think includes, you know, movies like uh, Soul mm. and, and you know, so those big Pixar movies that are huge for families that only dropped on Disney Plus, right? This yeah. is just for people who are like, I gotta see yeah. the movie again. Yeah. Even mm -hmm. Shang-Chi had less views right. in five days than uh, Multiverse of Madness, so that's it. I'll give it up for them. And then, of course, what everyone's just dying <laughs> to hear the news we about. Can't keep them waiting for any more. Can't, we can't, we can't. It, it is the BBW. We couldn't think of a better acronym. It's the perfect acronym. <laughs> AKA Break Room Barbie Watch. Uh, and we are here to report on the new Barbie set picks that we got that Let's just dropped. Let's see them. Let's see them. We have a graphic. Oh, <laughs> look how goofy they are. My they God, are I perfect. Love it. I love the 90s, you guys. <laughs> They're fresh out of the package. Oh, like you nice. can see them just that's, open. That's right, a really good point. Right, it's so it's hitting like so all of my nostalgia feels. We also in some of the pictures there was a Will Ferrell who that was out of complete left this field. So much. For, I, I love this for several reasons. First of all, almost all black. Of course, villain vibes. Mm -hmm. But the pink mm -hmm. tie is just cracking oh, up. They gotta keep perfect. it in there. Um, and so what, what, what is Will Ferrell doing in this movie? What I mean, it looks like he's chasing the great Barbie and Ken. The Barbie like, and Ken. Because they're also roller skates. I feel like there's a mm. chase afoot, mm. a, a skate. Here's something I noticed. In one, of the, uh, in one of the promo vids that came out, it is Barbie roller skating, and she's like, come on! You hear her voice for the first time, and there Wait, are two... Wait, there's a promo video? Well, no, 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 no. It's one of those fan ones that oh, have been God. releasing. Yeah, no, no, nothing official. But she's like, come on, let's go have fun. And then there are two Normos women who are skating after her and like, yeah, let's go. Methinks that Will Ferrell, Will, Will Ferrell, uh, Will Ferrell and this rando lady who's with Barbie, it might be like a, um, a life-size situation where they have a tie and, uh, and she's, Barbie needs to teach this ordinary plain peasant woman yeah. some sort of life lesson in order to complete her life at Will Feral, Pharaoh, who knows? Who knows? Science, who knows? So the scientists still don't know. Uh, is after her for some for whatever reason. I feel like there's gonna be mm. like an elf situation, but he's he's not elf. Like mm. I feel like you know they're trying to stifle the magic of Barbie and Ken. Oh. So Will Ferrell gets to play the straight man I to Barbie and Ken's exuberance, oh. and he's trying to stifle their neon glory. He's trying to temper the '90s out of How dare he? Honestly, nay, nay I say. The one, the picture that really sold it for me, it wasn't in the most recent batch that came out, but the one that really did it for me was when she was in her pink cowboy suit, hair down to her ass. It was like, ooh, yeah. Barbie, yes. I can't wait to see the cars, the accessories. We know we got Simu Liu, we've got so many Kens, like we've got Ken oh other right. types. So what that. if we like, what if Ken gets kidnapped or something? What if Will Ferrell gets, I, I got oh, a question. No. I want to hear all your Barbie hot takes in, in chat too. Leave your Barbie hot takes as to what you think it's going to be about, what you're thinking about the costumes, uh, everything like that. Because that's all we care about here, I'm telling you. Where uh, on the internet are people getting at least 15 minutes of Barbie talk every week? Nowhere! <laughs> Nowhere! Nowhere! You Barbie's can only get it on, on new rock stars, the, the infamous <laughs> Barbie YouTube channel. Um, uh, we're gonna cover this movie like it's goddamn Avengers Endgame, yeah. and you can't stop us, Philip Molina. Um, okay. <laughs> that's why he's not here. He's yeah, tied up right. somewhere. We're gonna talk about Barbie. He's uh, elsewhere. Philip Molina is the Will Ferrell of our movie, and we're we're, yeah, we're yeah. Barbie and Ken. Trying to stifle our neon, and I'm, that's the problem. Damn it, God damn it, Philip. Uh, but unfortunately, we do have to move on to other headlines. So much more boringly, Natalie Portman's Taika <laughs> Waititi, oh, sorry, had to cut entire planets from the new Thor Love and Thunder film. She goes on to mention in the interview that Taika has such a wide imagination, so much 
millions in material that a lot of it ends up not in there. It hits the cutting room floor. Uh, you've seen it, so you know. Do you have any opinions on what planets may or may not have made the cutting We've sort of alluded to that in the title and the thumbnail of this video, and we're going to get into it a little we'll bit later. Okay. We did just see, uh, you know, we're trying to keep some of this a little bit vague in case people want to go in with a little more blindness than, than you know, watching every single teaser like we have to, but mm. there was a new teaser that came out today with the Guardians of the Galaxy on a planet we hadn't seen them on before, or at least it looked like that to me. Mm. So I think this movie, um, our next story is kind of going to talk about Taika talking about the multiverse. I think this movie is going to be, you know, just a, a planet hopper rather than a multiverse hopper, and we're just going to kind of be everywhere. I feel like I can say, carefully, mm. that uh, they filmed this in the void. Like they. Oh, sure. So I think it's really interesting in just talking about creative of process. Taika's <laughs> void. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the creative process he's talked uh, about his format for filming is he kind of finds the movie in the editing room. He mm -hmm. kind of shapes it after. So mm -hmm. I love the idea of the freedom of that kind of improv exuberance just getting to make, make, make and having the budget to go crazy. And yeah. then the assembly cut was apparently four hours. And that is normal. That is how movies work. Don't go lobbying for the release of the Taika cut. That's not a movie. <laughs> That's just like things they shot that were multiple takes. But it's interesting to see them kind of like hone in on what version they want to sculpt out of four hours and I think that we are entering an age where that's going to be more and more common where with the void you don't have to change locations you don't have to physically move right. your cast you don't have to fly them you can just make and I think that pure creativity like that is going to spawn a lot more Taika types and a lot more of this mad energy that's only going to benefit the genre that is this comic book world. Well, speaking of Barbie, do we think that Guardians of the Galaxy are going to show up in the Barbie movie? Because I can't wait. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say something. Think about serious. the Void and the Barbie like world. You could totally <laughs> film an infinite number of Barbie verses. Oh yeah. I will. I do want to shout out all of our great super chatters. Yes. Uh, we did cross that hundred. <gasps> oh yes. Right? Uh, the the polls are in. Uh, Anna gets to swear. You can do it however you'd like. I'm going to go put on a new layer and get my. Sh I muted my mic too early. Put on another layer and hike up my short. Oh, are we going to hear through the mic? No, <laughs> the sound of little clothing, little, little cloth. I'm just wondering what he's going to put on yeah, and why I don't, he has more layers. How it's many layers? Juke. It's deeply juke. If y'all wouldn't mind like super chatting a little bit more so we can see how many layers John has. At we this might... point, we're confused. Like no, I don't, know, don't know, know how he has more. Because he's already wearing a sweater. We might and have a to donate donate yeah, layers. Like, we're like on our John. <laughs> All right, what kind of swear I almost feel like you should get the swear since you're 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 one of the guests. Okay. Do you want to get the uh, swear? You can swear at people in chat. You mm -hmm. can swear at me. You can swear joyously to the universe. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um whatever oh, you're boy, feeling. Boy, that's beautiful. Ooh. I just want to acknowledge uh, Ooh, a little snuggly, but, but it, it's, you're, you're pulling it off. It's beautifully thematically Thor. Let me see those short. Let me see those. Th okay, oh, I'm going to get reported to age. Just let me see those thighs. Get my microphone. If you reverse the position, no. <laughs> we're all dropping our internet in person right now. Okay, the, th the thighs, you can, only, you can only get a little get it, bit. It's a tasteful it's, amount right now. Dude. There it is. There it is. Oh, get a little pocket in there. Now, careful. We might rank 200. Oh, no. Yeah, you got to remember. Oh, no. There's more room to I go. I look like Kermit the Frog. Oh, man. Best impression, please. And swear in it. Wait, oh, uh, he should get the swear. Swear is I Kermit used to have a really good Kermit. Some, no, I'm not. I can't. Kermit the Frog here. Oh, there okay, it is. There found it. That's very helpful. Ah! Someday we'll find it. The fucking rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> You could have just replaced rainbow with fucking, but you were like, nah. The fucking connection. The, the fucking connection. Fucking connection. Uh, right. The lovers, the dreamers, and yep. me. Right. I love it. I love it. Uh, we should probably actually read these super chats, though, eh? Mm. I can't see the ones on the left side of the screen, so. Soulgasm Hell yeah. says, thank you for blessing us with awesome content. Yes. We have a couple of super nice uh, non chats, but, uh, but donations and stickers from Cruiser and. It's Zante. It's Zante put us over the edge, by the Thank way. Thank you that's, so much. That's half Zante. your thigh right You're there. amazing. That, you, <laughs> I owe you a, I owe you a, a second thigh. Maybe, if you're lucky. If you're lucky. If we'll you're see. lucky. We'll see. Um, should we continue with the headlines and circle back to some super chats? Let's a bit? do it. So speaking of the multiverse in Thor: Love and Thunder, Taika Waititi confirmed there are no multiverse shenanigans happening in the movie. He says we got nothing like that in this film. This is the singular verse. I think that's really interesting, right? Um, we've talked a lot about on this channel about 
sort of like the earthbound stories and the cosmic stories. And it looked like all the sort of cosmic stories were going multiverse and the earthbound stories were going to go like singular verse. But now it's kind of splitting, right? Like yeah. You've got Doctor Strange and Spider-Man in New York and those are the multiverse stories. And then we've got this great, you know, sort of space opera happening with the Guardians and, and they're like, no, we're just going to do 616 and it's going to be a blast. Honestly, I feel like if I had just come off of making Multiverse of Madness, I would just be like mentally exhausted, like too yeah. tired to be like, I don't want any other universes, just do the one universe. Yeah, Kevin, Fe Kevin Feige is like, right, we figured out today <laughs> for the last one. Can we reuse some of them or something? I feel like we're going to look back. I feel like phase four is a lot like phase one, but with phase one, we've had the benefit of phase two and three to look back on to them like like retroactively tying things in together. Yeah. I feel like phase four is much more coherent than people. Like there's a lot of people mad that it feels like aimless and things, but if you look at phase one, until we knew Avengers and what it actually would be, we only knew that they knew each other. And it was a lot of post-credit scene. Mm -hmm. So I'm really curious with the TVA and the Kang of it all, if the there's king of the king of it all, <laughs> the title of my future autobiography, <laughs> the king of it all, the Anna Vance. If we're gonna go like oh and like see all these things as like I wonder if it's intentional uh, if you know what what Tyke is saying here, and I wonder if it's intentional that it feels like every other and all those things. But what shocked me most is that they came out and said something that clear and cut. You know, two weeks before release. Sure. Because I felt yeah. like I couldn't talk about this movie for two weeks. Now they're coming out and saying stuff, so it was <laughs> like, oh, at least director. I can breathe. I got no trouble at all. <laughs> no, but I, I do think like that. We were talking about stakes earlier in the office earlier and how it's hard to do stakes when you have Not a multiverse, real. right? Like, okay, Reed Richards died in, in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. That's okay. That's okay. We're going to get him again there later. There's infinite more. Right? And, and, of course, that movie sort of played it for horror or comedy or, or whichever side of the camp you're on. But... Um, you know, it, it, it does introduce new problems of being able yeah. to you know, say, we can replace anyone whenever we want to. And, and in the comics, that led to Heroes Reborn the Return, one of the greatest things that ever happened in comic book. Uh, it, it, it is a problem when you have this, you know, kind of infallibility, yeah. when you have this infinite reset code. Yeah. And in the comic books, they've historically had to reset entire universes. At DC, they did crises multiple yeah. times. In uh, Marvel, they had to start the Ultimate Universe. Then they problematically collided the Ultimate Universe with our universe, which caused incursion events, which they're now doing in movies. And I don't think that's a coincidence that as we reach these zeniths, we have the issue of trying to make them all work and streamline. But I do think we do have the benefit of learning from those overpopulated issues and Kevin Feige being a comic book fan, yeah. I think he can choose the now that's what I call greatest hits of comic books and make it work. I do just worry the ambition might cloud the day-to-day -day viewer's experience. Like, it might be too much. Yeah, they are, I will say they are doing a really good job of introducing these concepts to Agreed. You know, general movie audiences who maybe haven't read you know hundreds of issues of comics, but uh, it will be interesting because you're right. I'm sure they're all very aware of the problems <laughs> that they're introducing, and they I'm sure know exactly how they're going to solve them in ten years. Because you know, like Feige's clearly like a '90s guy. Like yeah. a lot of the comics he pulls from are very much that '90s era, and that's when you started to get these problems. So it's like he learned from that era, which caused a lot of the bloat of comic books. Yeah. And the 2000s really saved comic books. And it's crazy that. The 2008 model was right after they kind of found themselves again, and that's when these movies started. So what they're taking from is already kind of the greatest hits of, if you look at the Ultimate Universe, that's what Spider-Man pulled from yeah. 60 years of comics into 10, and they're using that as a bit of a model. The Ultimates is the more cinematic version of the Avengers, yeah. they're using that as a model. But eventually they're going to run out of that, and they're going to have to go classic like Loki. They're going to have to look at these things that are different times, and I'm wondering if we're going to have a big old reboot and a big old reset in the films once they become mm. as big as the comics are. I can also see a world where, we talked about this a little bit on yesterday's show, but we didn't get into this aspect of it, where like, we just are with other characters in a different universe. Yeah, and you're doing 616 stuff, but you're also doing stuff in a new universe that maybe hasn't been introduced in either comics or in films, and, and we're just hanging out over here. And if you look at the phase four we have to date, you've got, you know, the, the phase one was meeting everyone. Phase two is not trusting your organizations and your governments, right. and phase three was not trusting your heroes. Right. Phase four is introducing mythology. We've got the Field of Reeds and Moon Knight. We've got the Eternals. We've got uh, everything that we're seeing in Miss Marvel with the Jinn. It's building out, but it's yeah. not really letting you live with them too much because it's introducing yeah. the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And I think that's intentional. I think there's going to be a cataclysmic event that wipes out a lot of stuff at mm. the end of phase four, and I think that's Kang. Ooh, I like oh. that. Uh, it, I, I see you have Sorry, a thought. <gasps> I know, we're taking billion, so long with this. It's a billion degrees in Los yeah. Angeles today, and I have two sweaters on, so I'm going to zip <laughs> through this show. I don't know why I keep going for sweaters. <laughs> um, is there a Ken tank top back there? I don't think so. 
Um, this is our sort of uh, a headliner topic today. Um, there was a bunch of cool, creepy stuff that made it into Thor Love and Thunder, but we're also hearing that there was a bunch of cool, creepy stuff that didn't make it into Thor Love and Thunder. In a recent interview Christian Bale had with Collider, he mentioned that there was a bunch of hilarious gold, but also creepy as hell stuff that didn't end up making it into the film, and he says that it's because it wouldn't have been family-friendly, and mm. if you sort of read between the lines there, you can sort of, you know, hypothesize that that means they were afraid of getting too close to an R rating, right? Mm. It, Christian Bale was like, we always intended this to be sort of a, a film that everyone could go see, and we had to cut some things or change some things so that that could be the case. Okay. So um, I suppose, like, Koi, you've seen this film. Uh, do you want to sort of walk us through, not not going to the film perhaps, but like you were, we were talking earlier about, you know, here, here's maybe where they could have pulled from from the comics to make gore as sort of R-rated as possible, and maybe they would have had to sort of dial this The comic's back. available for five years now, so not a spoiler for yeah. a movie out in ten days. Uh, God Bomb is a really, really yeah. intense, great story that is, I would argue, bordering R-rated. Yeah. And All Gods Must Die is kind of Gore's whole thing. So he says it in the trailer, and you feel that inclination for, you know, the character himself. He's Gore the God Butcher. Those aren't a series of words that are typically PG-13. So in the comic books, I could easily see if they had been more... Uh, in tuned with certain parts of certain storylines. It could have been that, and it sounds like they might have shot those yeah. and then just realized, like, hey, that might not be, like we said, the four-hour cut down to the two-hour cut. It might have just not fit with what they wanted as the end result. But I'd be very curious to see on a Blu-ray, on the special features, on any of these things, if there is yeah. a version of that and again, not to Snyder cut everything, but what does it look like when, you know, Tyke's got the actual book in his hand and he's making that story? Yeah. And like, what does that mean for, you know, the, the evolution of the next thing? Because I, I personally love that comic books are so different from the movies. Like, even Civil War is a vastly different thing totally than different. its namesake. So Secret the more... Invasion, probably. Yeah, there's going to be... Because we don't have enough characters yeah, yeah, yeah. for that, really. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think it's really important to not do translations, but to do adaptations. And I think that in doing an adaptation of God Bomb and these stories that involve gore, you get to surprise comic fans as well as make it more approachable for people that haven't read 70 years of Thor. And I think that Marvel does a really good job, again, picking the best of that stuff while keeping it to the audience that they're looking at, which, as Christian says here, not me, is more family friendly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel you snipers. I, I see yeah, I see uh Soulgasm <laughs> dropped a Kang Gang uh, comment in the chat. Uh, that's a classic MT uh, catchphrase and <laughs> and to, to tie MT into this conversation if you're not um, familiar familiar with God Bomb and that run in the comics, I believe MT has a video out on the channel about that. If not, I think it's coming oh, soon. Oh, uh, we have we have so, so many videos that we put on this channel. It's hard to keep track of what's out and what's in the pipeline, but um, go check that out if you're not super familiar. Anna, my question for you, I'm ignoring Corey for a minute. <laughs> you're also he's... ignoring what I was about to what say. Are you gonna say. What are you going to say? I was just going to say, I don't mind having those be separate movies. They had announced from the beginning that this was going to be a little more lighthearted, a little more family friendly. Great, keep it that. Then give me this really dark, <laughs> fucking, blood, freaking bloody movie. Yeah, you didn't hear it. You didn't friend. hear it. They got to get um, us over 200 so we can make that one up. I definitely said frogging. <laughs> um, and mm -hmm. and yeah, I want I, I want all the dark stuff in one, all the dark horror in one, and then you can have this fun little thing over here. And I will say, and I think this wouldn't get me in trouble, that gore is terrifying. Like, yeah. it, it, like you can tell from the trailers, like, gore is gore from the comic book. So I don't want this quote or anything that are, you know, in talking about the movie. It's a very intense character. And I think sure. I can also safely say that, like, he makes my Rushmore of Marvel villains. Like, he's so... Wow. so and that's... I've, you know, lived that's these big. movies. So it is not at a disservice to the character. Sure. I don't while, I don't know. want him doing a musical number. <laughs> Kate Bush. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's an inspiration. Um, what, what was I was going to ask you, uh, sorry, Koi, you've seen oh, no, I've said a lot. answer this question. Um, there's sort of two ways you can go with like a really great villain, right? You can go creepy, scary, like creepy, scary, or you can mm. go violent, scary. And, and do, you, do you have an expectation, right? Like, Gore the God Butcher makes me think violent. Yeah. But... They've been talking about creepy for for in a lot of these interviews. That's maybe true. we'll get both. Maybe I think I feel like Wanda from Multiverse of Madness was a great mixture of both. Yeah. Like she had that creepy factor at all times with just like how much she had lost it, like lost sight of what was important. But then she also had these incredibly violent parts that was like whoa. When I don't know, I would suspect 
gore to go in the more violent Thanos route, but he does just kind of naturally look real creepy, huh? He does look real creepy. He says real creepy things, yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. all the little one-liners that he's given in trailers have been like, you're freaking yeah. weird out, Do you feel that it goes farther than Wanda? I feel oh, that no. gore is a more... Oh man, this is a hard ooh, line to walk. You just put does it Wanda the, make your? I, I feel like a lawyer. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I feel. You had you write your answer? Yeah, your just like on. let me prep this. <laughs> I feel that they both do a very good job doing what the comics do, which is using the medium to creatively keep themselves in a PG-13 place. That's a great non-answer. I love that. <laughs> I like Learning it. from Papa Feige with the hats. Here's here's the answer that you. Here's a question that you can't answer. Uh, this is not an R-rated film, right? Mm -hmm. This is a PG-13 rated film. Um, but we keep getting these movies that are sort of pushing the R rating boundary, Multiverse of Madness we just talked about. What will, uh, I'm gonna hold you to an answer on this. What will be Marvel's first R rated film? Deadpool. You cannot say Deadpool. Blade. Yeah. Actually, okay. I, I think if Blade goes the TV route, it'll push the TVMA boundary that Daredevil did. You think they might They might say they might. Blade's gonna be a show? But I, I can't, like I don't know anything beyond that announcement at Phase yeah. 4, which was very vague in purpose, yeah. I think. And we've sort of heard things that we can't substantiate so we don't report on the show that the the, the shooting of that movie has sort of been pushed recently. Um, but, and that's what's tricky yeah. is like when you announce something as big as phase four that intentionally doesn't have an ending. If you notice when you look at the phase four, four slate there's no like and this will wrap up with blank. It is very much this and I think that's the big thing Kevin Feige's been teasing. He kept saying like soon you'll know where this is going. Soon this will be this. Yeah. I think we're getting a big big tease at San Diego Comic Con and then I think we're getting what concludes phase four at D23. I think this thing Ooh. is I think this is the Infinity War end game of announcements. I, do I think we're getting a one-two punch. I think, I think within the next three months September we're going to know what Phase Four culminates in, and I think then we'll know what Blade's going to be. And I do think if there's a character beyond Deadpool, because I see it in both, uh, that <laughs> is R-rated, it is the incredible Blade character that kind of started the MCU. I know Spider-Man and X-Men get the credit, but if you rewatch those Blade movies, they do such a good job of doing what the MCU does in Phase Three. They they are truly movies that happen to be based off a character. Like Blade, Wesley Snipes is. Yeah. just an action thriller that happens to have source material that's printed with pictures and words. So if they can do that with Maharshala, that's how you keep that audience happy and move the story forward. And yeah. they've pushed a lot of boundaries with the Midnight Suns already. I think Daredevil needs to walk that line. I think Blade needs to walk that line. I think Ghost Rider would behoove them to push that boundary. Yeah. And if you're gonna introduce Deadpool, I think he's gonna be a character that knows he's in the MCU. I think he's gonna be aware that he came from somewhere else. I think he's gonna be like- That's interesting. And that allows him to be rated R because he's not in their universe naturally. Sure. And once you break the, the barrier of that, I think with She-Hulk, then She-Hulk breaks the fourth wall-ish, not fully. Deadpool breaks it fully. And then you have characters that are aware of things so you can do already because you've already broken it out of continuity in continuity of Deadpool. Does that make sense? Wow. I think I do catch what you're saying. Because he knows he's R-rated. Yeah. The universe he's now in isn't R-rated. Right. So he's aware, but that fourth wall break allows uh, R-rated to enter the fold. I love that. I think it's going to be Barbie. Listen. <laughs> I want, give me, give me an R-rated Barbie movie. I want blood. I want Ryan Gosling's head on a pike. On a oh less serious, on, on a real serious well, I, I note. I do want to say some people in the in the chat, we've got a bunch of people saying Ghost Rider, of course. Mm. Um, some people saying Midnight Suns. Mm. Uh, Dark Avengers would be cool. People in the past have been talking about a Marvel Zombies series that they want to yeah. watch. Philip doesn't want to see that show. I'm in. Um, I'm I also in. love someone, uh, Spectre I'm so bad at that. On a more serious note, I think it's going to be Morbius 2. Listen, <laughs> I want R-rated Morbius 2. It's effing Morbid time. <laughs> I'm so sorry you I know, no. I know it failed the first time. Here's how you fix it. More blood, more violence. I want Morbius. Jared Leto's head Morb on a pipe. More blood. Oh. Jared Leto's head That's on a pipe. pretty good. I don't know. Just give me a head on a pipe. Oh, we it's love a head wants. on a pipe. Yeah. All right, I'm, all right. I so dumb. It's <laughs> incredible. I mean, I Charlie you know. eight three six thinks I need eyebrows, which I can't help. This is a very bright, overstanding light, and I'm Irish. I'm the you light might. is. We'll, we'll get you a pencil. I just all I need. I'm saying I look dumber, apparently, according <laughs> to Charlie here. Oh, we cleaned out so much of that super chat. Can we, can we clean out the rest of it? Let's get it. One, uh, Tizante, is Tizante? I can't, I'm sorry, I can't read that very well. Once The next swear might go to them. Okay, got they, you, They want Tizante. you to swear at them. And again, I can't see the left side of the screen. Anyway, can, 
Uh, yeah, so, uh, we'll, we'll run through some of these super chats real fast. Uh, Frey Girl, our great moderator, says, Anna, love you, <gasps> Coy, why are you saying all the right things he always does? John, my mm. favorite short and hoodie wearing person. Thank you so much. <laughs> Skippy Cox, great name, says, I have to drive now. You should not be typing. <laughs> but I love listening to you guys every day while I'm working. Love you guys. You always make my day Thank better. And Tazante is back. He says, swear at me, Coy. And we will honor that request once. We'll we, remember it. Uh, once we break that barrier. Thank you. Um, but thank first, we have other people to thank. Oh, oh yes! We want to thank Athletic Greens for, well, just this right now, for sponsoring the <laughs> break room today. Um, I'm gonna let John sort of Vanna White it over That's here right. and create, create magic in front of you. Although I don't know how we're gonna do that with the cameras, but I'm sure Dasha will figure it out. So we've been taking AG1 from Athletic Greens to help boost our immunity and give us energy throughout the day, the energy we need, with one delicious scoop of AG1. That's right, one delicious scoop. You're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods. I'm so, I, I, am, I have a bad record with dogs. <laughs> superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Usually John reason. Adaptogens. 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 I said it yeah. to help you start your day right. I should know what they are because they're in my body right now. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system. You got one of those? Got one of those. Hell Full yeah. Full of adaptogens. Let's go. Your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. You might never die, but you probably will. Um, AG1 wow. has no effect <laughs> on if you die or not. Uh, they certainly won't cause... She, anyway, abort, John's abort. making this um, AG1. AG1 this is a live show. I'm going to stick to the script. AG1 <laughs> is lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free, or gluten free, or all of the above, what do you eat? It supports you to keep up with the teleprompter. It supports better sleep quality and recovery, mental clarity, which I have none of, and alertness, <laughs> which I have very little of. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You can't even argue with that. Don't even try. You're investing. <laughs> I'm keep going off script so John can't make it. You're investing. You're investing in all-in-one nutritional insurance. State Farm? I don't think so. AG1. <laughs> and for every purchase. Because that's State Farm sponsored. <laughs> and for every purchase. We, we, we're okay with you, State Farm, just not right now. And for every purchase, we donate. We donate to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need. Do you know what kids that's are? That's why I saw that cut. Do you know what kids are? We help get nutritious food to them, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. of gosh darn A. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one fucking scoop of water in a, or scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it! There's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Oh my gosh, this ad copy just keeps going. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free, it was all caps and I got worried about the mic, <laughs> travel packs with your first for, for, for shish. Your for, 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 for. All you need to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash breakroom. Again, if you didn't hear it the first time, open up your ears, Koi. That's athleticgreens.com slash breakroom to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Back was, to you, John. There was, a lot of, there was a lot of froth on my shake, and I, uh, and Dashiell kept cutting to me, awkwardly <laughs> sipping out of this. Well, it's the, it's the combo of the outfit and the frog <laughs> juice. Uh, I think I'm also today, baby. In I am Jolly Green Giant. It's working for you. <laughs> wow. I was a, I did, uh, it, since it was so overfilled, I, I spilled a little bit, but look at me, my shorts are so high. so high, it all <laughs> fell on the thigh. That's yeah. thanks to them in the chat. They, uh, they made this work. Thank it's you. It's too easy being green, some might say. It is, you know right. how in comic books there's the speech bubble, there's also the internal thought mm. bubble? We just got to experience both versions that read wow, simultaneously. Like, I really enjoyed that you would like break your own fourth wall and like come back to us. Boy, if you complains about the length of the ad copy. In the ad, ad copy. 45 sentences yeah. in the ad copy. Do you know what kids are? <laughs> uh, if, that was, if that was hectic to you, that's what happens in my brain at all times. I'm exhausted. There's the clip out. John, go. Anna is going to be on an episode of Big Question on this Sunday. Stay tuned for Whoa. more off script. Announcing more it. Script. It's a good episode. I was Ooh. listening in earlier. Um, Hey, 
there's only three of us here today. We're not the normal break room cast, but thank you for being here. The reason for that is because New Rockstars is going to be appearing live in Austin, Texas. 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 <laughs> Live in Austin, Texas this week as part of the RTX Austin 2020 podcast festival that is happening from July 1st through July 3rd. And if you've ever wanted to see some of your favorite New Rockstars hosts in person, now is your chance to save on a ticket. If you're interested in going, click the link in the description, use the promo code New Rockstars, all one word. And uh, it says, we hope to see you there. None of us will be there, unfortunately. <laughs> but the people who will be there, <laughs> Philip Molina. Dangerous. Whoa. Eric Voss, <laughs> scandalous. Tommy Bechtold, in jail. Uh, Jessica Clemens. Hottest boy. Jessica Clemens waiting outside of the jail smoking a cigarette so that she mm. can flick it at Tommy as soon as he gets, he gets out. Um, so come uh, to Austin. There's going to be some uh, other New Yorkers folks there that are some kind of behind the scenes people. Uh, we hope you'll be there. We had a great show in Chicago the last time we did one of these things. They don't make it onto the internet, so this will be your only chance to mm. see some content that we don't even, it, it won't be like an episode of The Break Room or Big Question or anything like that. It's a special thing that we do. So so get out there, you can buy tickets now. Hey. Ask them about Barbie. Yeah, ask them about Barbie. <laughs> now, I feel like Philip wants to talk about Barbie. Yeah, please ask him about Barbie. Um, I spent maybe 90% of my energy on that AG1 read thinking that I had a break coming up here, but I don't. Mm. No, okay. because it's time for mandatory fun. Play the graphic. AG1, Athletic Greens. All right, director of Mrs. Marvel, Charmaine Obey-Chinoy, teases what the next two episodes of Mrs. Marvel will look like. I'm going to need the chuckling to stop <laughs> over here. Thank you. She show. says, right, we're getting back into it. She says, I take her on this big adventure where she comes to understand who she is and where she gets her powers from. So, wait, hold on. Before mm -hmm. you do that, I only chuckled because I I realized that the under the the elbow of my legs is very sweaty because the of the outfit. Elbow of your legs. <laughs> Here's the elbow. Yeah, I have one for my legs. Hey, chat, please name what get the elbow a, of your legs are. Get us are. an elbow legs name. Get us a, get us a name for that, What's please. What's a knee pit called? Is there a knee pit knee name? Pit. I hate this What's so much. <laughs> I'm very sweaty. Um, so we we have a clippy clip. Oh, God, God I'm getting whiplash on We have a clip of what the next episode of Mrs. Marvel will look like. Put the clip. strong hideout game. Well, usually tourists are not allowed. But for a descendant of Aisha's, I'm sure we can make an exception. How did you know I was... My name is Walid. Your great-grandmother's story is of legend. When you're ready, we have much to discuss. Mm. You gotta stop taking your mask off. Oh, you you got to stop taking your mask it's off. Scandalous, too. How did you not know me? Marriage. You lowered your mask. <laughs> you lowered your mask. You, you know. showed me your face. That soundtrack, the soundtrack in the show is such a bop. Mace and MIA in the same episode oh, is Oof. incredible. Oof. So we are going to do some predictions as to what we may see in the upcoming Ms. Marvel episode. Now, these, uh, maybe neither of them happen, but we're going to choose which is more likely. I, well, y'all are going to play. Yeah. So. Do you understand the rules? Did I explain it? I understand rules? the rules. Okay. Yeah. Oh. We, we, these might be wrong. These uh, might be completely and, wrong. And that's okay. We're, we're picking one. Yes. Yeah, you yeah. have to. It's the law. So, first up, which is more likely? Who's up to no good? The Red Dagger or Kamran? Hmm. You're, okay, I'll go first. I think Kamran will, you know, sort of end up being an ally mm. uh, in, this, in this show. Uh, on the side of the djinn right now, presumably seems to be not really vibing with them as well. Um, so I think I think he'll end up being a good character. I'm saying Red Dagger, uh, 
Not good. Show. Not good. Mm. Between like the a, two, yeah. I'm going to go with Kamran because I feel like he's mm. going to be torn and he's going to want to like side, but true. then at the end he's going to choose family and that's going to betray, because we're going to be like, Willy won't he? And then I think Red Dagger is going to be on our side because the, the actual like superhero team-up element. I feel like he's inherently good. We just don't trust a person in a mask. Ooh. I like that. I will say uh, the best time, <laughs> I shouldn't say this as if I've done it before, the best time <laughs> to take advantage of someone is when they're you know, the most vulnerable and, and, Dark. and Kamala has been like, wronged by people that she trusted and now mm -hmm. it's like, oh, Red Dagger's coming in being like, don't trust me, I'm, I'm great, look at me, I'm also. This is also one of those times like adaptation versus translation which I talked about earlier is great yeah. because I love this comic book. I'm a big Miss Marvel fan. I think she's one of the best new characters the last 10 years, this modern age of Marvel. I think she's very much like our Silver Age Spider-Man like family and city and protector and like underdog. So I love that I know the storyline that they've presented me to this point, but I honestly don't know which way it's gonna yeah. go because yeah. the yeah. show does such a good job like subverting expectations. So here's yeah. the thing where I'm always like, but I can't tell because usually if there's a character on a show where I'm like, oh, I bet that person's gonna turn out to be bad because it's like a little too good to be true. I look at how they speak, what their dialogue is when they're not around the person they mm. could potentially turn on. And so far, he's been very genuinely sort of like with with her mm -hmm. uh, and and vulnerable, if you will. So if they turn that right around, it's like, no, it was all trick. I was, I'll be like, BS, not when he was like privately sharing. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I, I'll call BS. But uh, hey, okay. So we have both of you say the same thing. But no, we're totally opposite. opposite. Oh, I just say kidding. Kamran. He says Red Dagger. Yeah. You say Red Dagger. Okay. Ooh, ooh, we'll see. Are we pulling in chat too? Yes. Let's do it. Do it. We okay. Are. On to the next one, though. Which is more likely, Monica or Carol Danvers will, uh, coming to help her? Yeah. That's your bad grammar that you're, you're up first. Yeah, I feel like in this case, we'll get Carol Danvers because she's been so heavily alluded to as her idol. I feel like the emotional impact of Monica joining them as the Marvels in the movie will feel more special if we don't undermine that by not having Carol show up in the show, if that makes sense. Like, she idolizes Carol Danvers, yeah. so that's such a moment that I feel like belongs to Miss Marvel, the show, that it'll be great when there's another big moment when Spectrum joins her in the movie. So, personally, I go Carol just because I want an alley-oop of moments when all three of them get together. John I love that, we're, I that, love he just that we're committing to Spectrum and not Photon as a name. I think, <laughs> I'm so glad we did not pre-plan this. I'm glad that we're taking opposite sides on both of these so far. Ooh. I think, what is a funnier joke than Monica Rambeau showing up and for um, and for Kamala to be like, uh, <laughs> who are you? <laughs> she's not, because she's not a known quantity, right, in in the world. She'd be like, okay, uh, I was really hoping for Carol. But, <laughs> Just like yeah. an undercut, yeah. like, ah. Uh, I guess this is cool. I think Thanks. the real question like, is. Yeah, no, I knew her when I was a kid. The real question is, <laughs> what's the budget on this That's one? Fair. Who can That's who can they get for this one? Maybe if the budget's big enough, maybe they start with Monica, and then maybe at the very end and they're like, the boom, big guns. You're so convinced that I'm like, I'm with you. Let's do right, it. Right. You're going right into the movie. All right, so it comes fair. out next year. Fair enough. Okay, fine. We have our answers. And we oh, did we get an answer from that last poll yet, or is it still is it still working on it? Uh, Fifty-five percent mm. are saying Carol Danvers uh, think they're going to show up, and who is up? No good. We had 63% say uh, Red Dagger is up oh. to no good. Sorry, Koi. Mm -hmm. Here we are. We'll see. Don't trust a man in a mask. And are we just talking about like this next episode or are we overarching? Uh, I think these predictions are sort of for the next episode, but they, you know, we might not get these answers. Yeah, yeah, that's episode. fair. Okay, what is more likely? Do we think she's Cree or Jin? That's difficult because technically could be both, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and we left Inhuman off of this list. For a, a reason, I think like either that's too obvious, or Marvel has sort of said like eh, we're not doing that. Um, I I would love for her to be Kree because that would set up some really interesting dynamics mm -hmm. in the Marvels, right? We know that this Kree scroll war is on the horizon. We know obviously Carol Danvers has a big problem <laughs> with Kree uh, and is now sort of like um, in the corner of of the scroll side of this this conflict, um, mm -hmm. so that would be a very interesting setup. And I think the gin whole the whole gin thing might just be a smoke screen. I don't know if anyone is gin. Oh wow. I think the gin thing's a smoke screen. And it kind of ties into that earlier, like we're expanding so much mythology, I feel like at least one of them has to be kind of like mm. not quite yeah. what it's being presented as. Mm. So I think the Cree could be gin or the gin could be inhuman, which I know we've left off on purpose. But I do feel like the gin 
our Cree or Inhuman. I don't feel like it's its own thing yeah. in this universe. Mm. So what, it, what's, what do you I'm think? I'm leaning Jin for the sake of uh, argument. Okay. Can I have the same opinion? Good, good, good. Uh, it looks like uh, Cree is, is leading with 52% Ooh, as of right now. Oh, it's tight, though. Oh, it's tight. It's so tight. Speaking of tight, I want John to hike up his shorts more. Can we get. <laughs> no. I was like, where did that go? It's tight hamstrings. That's what I was talking about. Uh, all right, so which is more likely when Kamala uses her power next? Will she get the vision of Aisha or the train? That's tough, right? Uh, Aisha coming through and being like, I'm gonna get you would be crazy, right? That would be super cool if she has another vision and it's Aisha being like, you're t am I getting my characters correct? I think so. Um, that would be very cool. Mm -hmm. uh, the, but the train, obviously, we need a lot more backstory on. So that, it, it could be either. I'm leaning Aisha. Since we're gonna stay contrarian. Okay. I, I could have an argument for either. But I'm gonna go train for the sake of, like we're in episode four, the show's usually formatted in act structure, so the first act was the first two episodes, the second act is where we're still living, and the second act needs to get some ex enough exposition to build to the climax, so I think they're gonna save Aisha for the climactic battle, so that'll be more phase, you know, I mean, uh, episode five stuff. I'm gonna go train so we get a little bit more family before we get conflict. Yeah. So story. I do, I do love getting more train, and I think, like, we talked about this a little bit right after we watched episode three last week that, like, Okay, Kamala's grandmother also saw this vision of the train. Kamala's mother probably mm -hmm. saw this vision of the train. You know, you gotta think her great grandmother got pushed in front of a train yeah. at some point, and we're gotta gonna get answers that. to that. So, whether it's in a vision or a flashback, we're definitely gonna see it again. Um, but I think, in terms of the vision, it would be interesting if, like, you know, someone was breaking through. Right. Yeah. No, people are screaming, more train. More train. That's what the people want. We love a train. Um, we're super excited. Miss Marvel episode two, uh, excuse me, episode four comes out at midnight tonight. You know that that's what we're going to be Ooh. talking about tomorrow on the break room. Um, but um, usually on Wednesdays we've been talking about Obi Wan. Now that that has sort of sunsetted, yeah. we're getting some really interesting news from some of the creators of Obi Wan. Um, and with our last couple of minutes here, I want to sort of go through uh, an interview with Stuart Beatty, who was sort of. I don't know if you guys know about the story. Uh, or this series was originally conceived of as a film. And uh, after Solo came out, Lucasfilm sort of re-strategized and wanted to focus more on series. And so they ended up expanding it from a two-hour film to a six-hour series, right? Mm -hmm. and, and Stuart was the person who wrote that original film. And he has credits for episodes one, two, and three of Obi-Wan as well as the finale because that's sort of like, oh, interesting. you know, that that's sort of like what the movie was. And then episodes four and five were sort of like extra. Um, but he just gave a really interesting interview um, that, um, you know, he was sort of like, I wrote this one film and they really liked it. Um, and the folks at Lucasfilm said, we actually think there's enough story here for two more films. So they were planning on making this a trilogy of, of films. And um, so he says, so yeah, I spent like a year, year and a half working on it. And then when the decision was made to not make any more spinoff films, I left uh, the project to work on other things. Um, so he says the original pitch was three stories. The first story was what we got from the show. The second story, this is what's really interesting to me, was thinking about where Kenobi ends up, up to when he sacrifices himself in A New Hope. Mm. Uh, he says, you know, he has to come to terms with his mortality, uh, getting to a point where he accepts he's going to die and die willingly. So when the moment comes up in A New Hope, you understand, and it's a real tearjerker. So, you know, to me, that says if we do get a second and a, maybe a third season of Obi-Wan Kenobi, it's going to be sort of dealing with, you know, Kenobi's acceptance in his place in this universe rather than, you know, this first season, which was like him having to accept, like, I have to let Luke be mm -hmm. Luke and, you know, or else things are going to go poorly for that kid and, and I'll take care of this conflict over here. Um, so it, I guess my question for you guys is, if we do get a season two of Kenobi, which after some of these interviews seems likely, what sort of you know, Kenobi in the cave meditation story do you kind of want to see? Is that interesting? 
I personally would love to leave the Skywalkers alone for five minutes. Yeah. I, I like, it's a galaxy far, far away, not a street. And we've <laughs> lived with these same people. And I know Kenobi we've lived with, but Ewan McGregor's Kenobi, I feel like, is so interesting in a way that isn't just involving the Skywalkers. I'd love to see his kind of meditations on the Jedi because we've seen the Jedi as this allegory for certain conventions of religion, certain conventions of warrior, and certain conventions yeah. of all these things. And in a way, we haven't really gotten to explore the Jedi. We've, yeah. we've had them as That's a tool, a but not a source of knowledge. Right. So I would love to actually see the Jedi the fleshed out version of the Jedi that we get in the books, that we get in the comics, mm-hmm. that we get in the folklore that's talked about but never shown. So give me a meditation and let me have a Vader show and, an, and a Kenobi show separate. Give me Vader season one, Kenobi season two. Get to this point and then let me earn Kenobi evolving to the master that he's implied to be. I do think there's so much more fun on the Vader side of things yeah, than there is on the commander, <laughs> commander, the Kenobi side of things. Um, but you know, we don't know what story they want to tell with with Kenobi. I, I'll ask you this too: We had Book of Boba Fett come out. That could have been maybe a film. Do we like the direction that that um, Lucasfilm is taking with these series? Um, you know, I would say like. I just love that we're getting Star Wars content. We're getting Star Wars content consistently, mm. um, and like, if we get f- series, we just get to spend more time with our favorite characters. I, I um, honestly had been kind of tagged out of Star Wars because the fandom had gotten like tough. mad at me, uh, and I felt I like know. I went to Star Wars Celebration. And I remember what it was about. Like I, I yeah. saw Star Wars fans in person. I saw the revelry. I saw the love. I saw like what it meant to be in the world and I'm fully back. Yeah. So I had been like, I didn't even watch Book of Boba Fett until after Celebration because I was like, okay. I'm done. Like yeah. I was like, I'm checked out. Yeah. But I was so invested in how much passion the fandom had in person that I was like, oh, okay, this is worth the keyboard cowboys. So sure. I'm back to the point where like, I want all of it, but I want it to feel earned and special enough, which is why I want Kenobi to feel like a Jedi story. I want whatever Tyke is doing to feel unique and different because I do feel like the way we get burnt out is if we let fans steer the ship and they only get what they want, that's forever going to be yeah. nostalgia recycling. That's so great. I yeah. think we br- go new ground. I will say I'm really excited for both Taika's uh, movie and John Watts' show yeah. and this Kevin Feige, Michael Waldron movie. So, um, you know, I think there's room for both of these things and I'm I'm glad they're going back to movies in a way, but I, I love that we're doing series as well. I'm a theater guy, like yeah. the exhibition world. I love going to the theater. I love the experience of the movies, but I people that are mad at the shows just don't watch them. Yeah, like, it's that fair. simple. Then yeah. just go to the movies once yeah. every two years. Like, you, we've fought to get these once every ten years, yeah. and now you get them once every two. Don't watch the show. Yeah. Hi, <laughs> Anna Vanston here, resident Star Wars expert of the team and uh, maybe president of the Star Wars fan club. Just want to give my two cents real quick. Kenobi, what a guy, right? (laughs) I think I'm on the same page with what you said about the Skywalkers, but either way, I think think they're really gonna fit the director's vision, and I'm not gonna say anything either way for sure, but methinks C-3PO might be somewhere on the horizon, maybe. We might have a little bit of a comeback. Back to you, John. Speaking of Kevin Feige, Yeah, I was gonna say, what a political choice. Um, Do you think that the upcoming Babu Frick show is gonna be live up to the expectations? Oh, Babu never disappoints, except when they do, you know? Okay, fair (laughs) enough. Um, A real question is, uh, we sort of heard some reports that uh, Darth Maul was going to be sort of a central villain in this Kenobi show, and that ended up getting changed. Do we think that that could be something that we see in season two, or do you think we'll just have some sort of like internal or external threat that we aren't currently aware of? I don't think we're going to do Vader and Kenobi again in the second season, right? Mm. Some would say yes and some would say no, and I can see both sides, honestly. I think both have uh, valuable answers to them. What 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 are your thoughts on this? (laughs) I I would personally prefer, instead of the same story of Lone Wolf and Cub, uh, to have a revenge story. That way it gives us the, the, he's already felt kind of redemption for what he experienced with Anakin. Like, he got his catharsis. I would love to see the antithesis of that, where he's got his closure on one story. Homeboy doesn't have closure on him, so like bring back Spider Leg Mall. And I want Sam to get some work. Spider Leg Mall. Is that the the right point of the timeline? That'd be very. Wouldn't it be? I I guess. Yeah. So like, I would have Sam come back, and I'd have Spider Leg Mall. I'd have some revenge. I would enjoy him being like, I am at peace with being a Jedi. Oh no! And that—that's what I'd do. Yeah. Um, we have a couple more minutes since we started a little bit late today. I want to get to some of your great super chats. F. Fedor Harris says, 
how will the Ten Rings be connected to the bangle? If at all, we did a little bit of speculating on the channel that, you know, okay, why is Terra so important in uh, the MCU? There's, it's just a bunch of people. Um, maybe it's because there was a Kree scroll war that had already happened on this planet and there were some artifacts left over. Do we think that the bangle from Miss Marvel and the Ten Rings from Shang-Chi will have any relation to one another? Uh, these are life's toughest <laughs> questions. <laughs> I hate how you lean back every time. <laughs> I don't want to over talk. I'm just giving you your moment. Can I have one more <laughs> swear, please? <laughs> just begging you before the end of the show. This is also, the, Murray in the mix is also asking about uh, Miss Marvel and MCU links. And I'm assuming when they say links, they're talking about the Ten Rings. Oh. Um, I think they all tie into No one's got any Barbie questions, huh? They all tie into Eternals. I think Eternals is the beginning of all of this. I think a certain creator that we met in Eternals makes a lot of these things that allow us to move forward with artifacts. Uh, I mean, we met Brian Tyree Henry and we saw what he made. A lot of those things looked a lot like the same stylistic choice. And I think that it might not be the Ten Rings directly, but I think it might be like a, a family of artifacts. And I think that the Kree Skull War is going to be not the first war they've had. So I think we see yeah. through the Eternals who are supposed to be very integral to this phase of the MCU, a Kree Skull War already happened on Earth. Maybe we see the Eternals they're dealing with it. Mm -hmm. Those artifacts come from that war. And then when we get to Secret Invasion, that ties directly into both Smith Marvel and the Eternals. Do you think that we'll see, right, yeah. Uh, I love that, you know, perhaps the uh, Ten Rings were not McPuin tech, they were, they were uh, eternal tech. I but think that'd be rad. Do, do you think that we'll see uh, more of these artifacts yeah. from that time period and, and other superpowered beings sort of popping up as as like Vulture was sort of scavenging for things after the Battle of New York? We could just see some sort of like people doing, I would love like an Indiana Jones series where people are like, <laughs> I gotta find some magical artifacts. Think about Moon Knight with artifacts. Yeah. Think about like what we've seen so far is, the, is for like gathering powers. And I think it's a really interesting way to not have everything be like bitten by a spider. You know, like yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting way to enhance. And I also think that she might be powered and that opens it up. Like instead of the Terrigen Mists or what about in conjunction with Terrigen Mists, they sure. allow her to be a thing. So I, I, I do think there's gonna be more artifacts to come. I don't necessarily, but what if that's the you know supplement? Yeah. Like what if that's the thing yeah. that awakens it? Yeah. Mm. I, I, like I think there's gonna be more artifacts. I like that a lot. Um, well, we've got a couple more super chats that I want to get to. Yeah. Uh, Pear Trap One Twenty Four says, "Koi, saw you on the red carpet live stream for Thor Four. Which movies would you suggest refreshing on before going to see it?" I got. One of the best shows. dressed. I got. I think they did a best dressed section. I was on that list. Oh, very good. That's why they saw me in the live stream. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, I. I hated what you were wearing. I know. My my publicist did too. Because it was. Uh, this. <laughs> it, was it, it wasn't this. The shorts wasn't. The shorts, shorts weren't, weren't short enough. enough. Yeah. 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 Uh, I would recommend watching um, Thor, Thor two, <laughs> Thor three. Uh, perhaps Infinity Thor and Thor game. Uh, I would watch. I would watch if you're gonna watch a lead up. Uh, I think it's safe to assume um, the man. This is hard. Uh, I think it's safe to assume the things you think are involved are involved. Hmm. So you know, uh, we we don't need to go back and watch Winter Soldier. It's probably this. fine. Yeah, okay. You're probably good. <laughs> good, good, good Maybe good. you don't have to watch Ant Man too. I don't right. know. Uh, you can't stop me. <laughs> if you want um, to, by all means. This is a question for Anna only. Oh, cool. Um, why do you think they're chasing? Oh, that was a, that was a question we asked in the chat. The chat. Let me see if I can. Oh, the this is like why why are they chasing Barbie? People's uh, theories. Someone, someone says, um, why, why do we think they're chasing Barbie? Maybe Barbie and Ken are sp spreading so much joy. The suits are trying to be party poopers. <laughs> reverse Philip Molina. I think it's reverse elf. elf. And then Michael Humphrey says, definitely an ultimate roller skate tournament. I would love it if for some reason. Uh, uh, Will Ferrell's character was it, uh, sort of like Luca, where they have to like <laughs> enter themselves into that race at the end of the movie. Yeah. Will Ferrell was like, "I gotta get my black roller skates out to compete in this race." Oh, I want to scroll. I want to see what Joe Jamski said. Uh, scroll. Uh, it's, uh, he's cut off. What does it say? Oh yeah, it's on the left side. Barbie me. is going to be the existential struggle to find the meaning in life. I don't. Oh, yeah. I don't necessarily disagree with that. I'm telling, it's gonna be a, a life-size moment. She needs to learn about the joy of, I don't womanhood? <laughs> What's the metaphor? Oh, I, I think she it. needs to learn what it is to be alive, and I think they- You think and Barbie then, needs to learn. See, I think Barbie's gonna a, be the teacher. What, but I oh. think, no, I think both ways. Mm, I think she needs to learn how to- exactly. We love, we love a both ways story I with, I think with that Barbie is and Ken. 
I think that is what I the plot what's of uh, Life Size is, actually. I think it's so. a both ways thing. Okay. It's a both uh, ways thing. Lastly, John Gartel. John, John we Gartel. We hit 200. Oh, not lastly. John Gartrell says Anna Fuck yeah. is, 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 <laughs> is, is me yeah. talking to my coworkers about Star Wars. Brian Sandler sent a $20 super chat, said, love you guys. Please come back again. Uh, would you guys yeah. swear it then while I go put on another layer? Yes. My shorts more. really high. I'll be right okay. back. I don't know how to swear at T-Saints because they seem very nice. But oh, they right. Asked me to. You have a, a life a, debt. A quest. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah I was right. on a mission. Okay, it's T-Zante, I believe. T-Z-A-N-T-E. Yeah, Tizante, when I say that you are so palpably fucking fine, oof, oof, I love you. Dang. I felt like a compliment because they like yeah. contributed. It's I feel great. Like, you know, no, it's you, great. Swears can work complimentarily. You can passionately swear at someone. I think that it feels better. Um, which is what I will do right now as I try to contain my excitement for at, what's happening behind, for what's happening behind <laughs> me. I got the uh, biggest shirt that I could find. Oh, that's nice. Oof. And I'm getting the shortest shirt. Okay. Oh, 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 they, oh, we're getting tucked oh, in the boxes, okay. kid. We got a flash. Okay. okay. It's rated R now. My we gotta take it down. This show. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for watching the break room today. We're gonna be here tomorrow and on Thursday talking. About Miss Marvel and Barbie. Thor Love and Thunder. And, Barbie. and you know we're gonna be here talking about Barbie. Yeah. We're off on Friday because we're gonna be uh, in Austin. Um, but that just means our Thursday show is gonna be the wild one. So yeah. stay tuned for the whole week. Koi will be back tomorrow. Anna will be Hell back yeah. tomorrow. Um, we're gonna have a ton of fun. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. We'll see you tomorrow. Love you. Bye. Bye.